Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. I've been doing film reviews since 1996, and you can read all of my written work at that site. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today I'm going to be looking at a film called Mechanic Resurrection. <laughs> yes, as you can imagine, it is a sequel. It's an action thriller starring Jason Statham. It's an R-rated film because of violence throughout and language. It runs an hour and 39 minutes, and it co-stars Jessica Alba, Sam Hazeldean, Tommy Lee Jones, and Michelle Yeoh. The director is Dennis Cancel, and the screenplay is by Philip Shelby and Tony Mosher. Those of you wondering, what is Mechanic Resurrection, and what is this a sequel to, probably don't remember, a 2011 film called The Mechanic. It was a remake of a Charles Bronson thriller from the early 1970s. It's a film that few outside of Statham devotees have seen. It only made $29 million at the box office. And very few people who didn't see it remember it even exists. It made only $62 million worldwide. And yet, here we have a sequel. For those who did not see the original or scarcely remember it, it's not a requirement to view it. I do give the original, the 2011 version, a mild recommendation for fans of Statham and the action thriller genre generally, even though even I have a hard time remembering it and I haven't really wanted to revisit it since. The original film reached back to the 1970s for its inspiration, but this sequel seems content to rehash formula actioners of the 1980s, especially the mercenary hero flicks like those made by Schwarzenegger and Stallone. I'm thinking Commando is the first thing really that comes to mind when I watch Mechanic Resurrection. The aim isn't just to rack up a high kill count, but to make sure that each kill is done in the most stylish and explosive way possible, just like those films in the 1980s. It does continue the trend of the first film in that it's another mid-budget action flick in Statham's filmography that you'll forget about a month after seeing it. So my snarky commentary notwithstanding, the film does open up with Arthur Bishop, played by Jason Statham. He's retired from the contract-killing profession, and he ends up managing to get pulled back in yet again by one of his old enemies, an international arms dealer named Rhea Crane, played by Sam Hazeldean. Crane is looking to root Bishop out for another contract that he initially rebuffs, but while on the resort beaches of Thailand, Bishop ends up saving an abused damsel named Gina, played by Jessica Alba, and soon he enters into a romance with her. And then when the big bag crane ends up kidnapping Bishop's new lover... Bishop reluctantly consents to perform three near-impossible assassinations of extremely well-guarded targets within a day and a half and has to make them all look like they were fluke accidents and has to jet-set around the world. I don't even think you could fly to all the locales in 36 hours and yet much less come up with an elaborate plan to actually get all of these guys. Failure means the end of Gina and probably Bishop too if Crane manages to find him again. So it's imperative that Bishop fulfill his tasks. So to temper the kills and to keep Bishop as the hero in our eyes, the kills are not exactly good people. One of them is an incarcerated murderous warlord who's perpetuated many hideous war crimes against innocent people. Another one is a predator of children. And the other one is a an, another arms dealer who is supplying arms to the worst kind of people. Each potential assassination set up just like the premise of levels of an action-based video game 
Hitman comes to mind. Those were made into a couple of movies theatrically as well. The hero must traverse through a series of increasingly difficult obstacles to get his target. And that target happens to be surrounded by seemingly impenetrable fortress while always flanked by an entourage of henchmen that come at you one at a time until you get to the big boss. You would think that fun could just be had in watching Bishop go MacGyver and trying to finagle his way into and out of his elaborate assassinations without being detected by anybody. But the way that mechanic resurrection represents each episode of the overall plot ends up making it feel all like a gimmick to draw out forced moments of action than it does in trying to concoct any kind of semblance of a real story or an interesting plot to follow and characters that have any other purpose than to just serve as someone either to save or someone to kill. Sparks do not fly at all between the would-be lovebirds in this film. Jason Statham and Jessica Alba, they might as well be like trying to put together two poles of magnets with the same polarity together, just almost impossible to make them (laughs) touch. Uh, Their characters, if the film's to be believed, are so emotionally connected, they would kill or potentially get killed in order to save each other. And despite all of that, Gina is still not on a first-name basis with this man who's pulling off some incredible feats of violence to spare her life. She still calls him Bishop throughout, so, I mean, how close can they really be? If you are ever tasked with finding an example of unconvincing on-screen romance for, you know, just for shiggles, I guess, there are a few better examples of one than that one which fizzles at the heart of Mechanic Resurrection, so look no further. Not that it's the fault of these actors, even the normally reliable Tommy Lee Jones, who plays Bishop's third mark in this film, he comes off as a hammy actor in the hands of director Dennis Gansel, who, for whatever reason, has given the veteran thespian an Ozzy Osbourne or Ringo Starr aging rocker makeover, complete with linen-rimmed glasses and a soul patch. He's supposed to look much younger and hipper than his 69 years. Oh, it it looks just awful, and it's too bad because I like Tommy Lee Jones when he does usually appear on the screen. Luckily for Jones, it won't be that embarrassing. He's in the last half hour of the film, and that means that many people will never see him because I think most people who catch this, if they rent it or watch it streaming on Netflix or on cable somewhere, will probably shut off this very pedestrian action thriller long before they see Tommy Lee Jones appear on the screen. So for Statham fans, I should say that he does deliver exactly what you expect from him. He has that stoic swagger. He commits himself to a lot of well-orchestrated martial arts tinged action sequences. You get what you pay for. He delivers. It's everything you expect otherwise. Nothing you haven't seen before. And that's why I ultimately cannot recommend Mechanic Resurrection. It is strictly formula stuff. Just another time waster for people who are looking for another Jason Statham film. Then this is the first theatrically released Jason Statham starring actioner in about three years. His other ones have basically been in limited release, you know, is essentially almost straight to VOD, with the exception of his small bit part in films like Spy and The Furious 7, which really aren't his vehicles, even though he does really well in both of those films. In the end, I have to say, the trailer, if you've seen the trailer, it unfortunately gives away, shockingly, all of the best parts of this film. They try to sell this movie, make you think it's more exciting than it really is. You get all of the kills in the trailer. 
you get the film's one really interesting major reveal. So given that the people who cut the trailer are willing to give you all the goods right there in the two minutes you watch it, why not save yourself 90 minutes of your life and watch that instead and pretend you've seen the whole thing? Unless you're a hardcore Jason Statham fan, Mechanic Resurrection is just too mechanical to have bothered bringing back to life. I'm giving Mechanic Resurrection two stars out of four. And two stars on my scale means that it is lacking something vital that keeps it from being even a passable movie that is worth recommending to somebody who is not a complete Statham apologist. And what it's really lacking is any kind of originality whatsoever that would separate this film from about a dozen other films in Statham's filmography. It's not necessarily the worst film that he's ever done, but it might actually be one of the most forgettable. Two stars goes to Mechanic Resurrection. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that despite having very little good to say about this film, that you enjoyed the review. I try to be as fair as I can, but this film really has a limited audience, and I don't think that it's going to be something worth going out of your way to see whatsoever. But if you happen to like the review and you want to hear more of my work, please click the subscribe button. If you've been listening for a while and you want to support the show, the two ways that I always mention are you can go to patreon.com slash quipster and leave a monetary donation. Or if you don't want to spend the money, you can go to iTunes and leave a review. Either one of those is a great help to me, and I will thank you so much. I'll even do it on the show if you do. Also, don't forget, you can write to me by going to quipster.net. You can even find the review of The Mechanic, the one from 2011 there on that site if you're interested. Quipster.net's where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. 